Let me pray first, and then Kyle, I'll talk to you. Kyle's the cameraman, so when I acknowledge him, that's what that is, and the red light will be on when the filming is going. So we have two shots. We have one there and one there. They're going to be going back and forth, um, and I will say something to Kyle, then you'll know. And then it would be like I made the men up here. Okay. So there's like, there's like, what, seven guys in this room? And I was like, when I looked back at the filming, I'm like, it looks like it's all chicks. And I am be I'm a co-ed ministry now. And I wanted to prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got all the guys who sit in the front and to make sure I even have a baseball hat to prove he's a man. <laughs> husband I'm sorry I don't need to she just made him sit there we had one guy and then he wasn't showing up on camera so we moved him one over so that there was a, a men's head there I was a women's ministry up to October 27 2017 or 20 2017 so what is that like a year and a half so I became co-ed so I need to prove it that's that's the goal I need to, to make it I was you know always thought I was gonna just have a women's ministry and Jesus was like that's not gonna happen so um, I was raised in a super conservative church where you're taught that women do not teach men um, my dad's reformed Baptist pastor so you you're not women are wallflowers they don't get up and teach so I never even believed that that was something that um, was gonna be okay like it's you know what I'm possibly a heretic in that church, you know, just kidding. But anyway, it took, it took a minute for my dad to probably accept that, and now he's totally cool with it, which is good. So um, I'm gonna pray, and then and then we'll jump into something. Okay, okay. God, we just thank you, Father, for your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Father, that you're here, God. That this is your this is your night, Father. I just want to be your vessel. I just want to speak your word. I just want to be your mouthpiece, Father. So I open myself up to you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to come through me and I ask you to touch the people in this room, Father. Ask for an unleashing of joy tonight, God. I thank you, Father, that this room gets unleashed with the power of joy, God. That minds walk out of here set free, Father. They're able to see, see things that they were never able to see before, Father. So I speak to the blinding that's been in this room. And I call out the deafening that's been in this room. God, I thank you that ears get open to your voice tonight, God. I thank you that eyes get open to your spirit tonight, Father. We thank you, God, that we've come to see your son. We come to experience your son. I ask the presence of Jesus Christ to be in this room. That we want to know him. We want to know him. Father, we ask you to encounter us tonight. Encounter people tonight, God. For whatever reason brought him here, whatever questions brought him here, whatever brought him into this chair today, God, we thank you that you encounter them individually, God, and purposefully, Father. I speak to confusion, and in the name of Jesus, I command it silenced and out of here. I speak to unbelief in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for release of faith in this room. Let a presence of power and peace be the only thing that stands right now in here.
I command ears shifted and able to hear in a way that you've never heard before to the filter and the blinders that have been on you that have not been able to receive certain words from the Father because you couldn't believe him to be that person. I call the deliverance for you tonight that you are able to hear from him, a loving Father, a good, good God. And anything that has ever deafened those hearts and those minds and those eyes, God, we thank you that through the blood of your Son you set them free tonight, God, through your power, Father. Ask for an experience of your power, God. Let us remove from the agendas, God. Let us remove from the expectation in boxing you in our, in our little churches, Father. I ask for a power. Ask for a move, God. I ask you to unleash in this room tonight, Father. We present ourselves before you, God, the way that you presented us, God, through your son, holy and blameless in your eyes. That people in this room would see that they are holy and blameless in your eyes. Guilt and shame, go out of this room right now. The reminders of your past that have deafened your ears to hear the Father's love open tonight in Jesus' name. Let the ears clear unto you. Let the spirits get louder than the soul. Let the voice of your voice, God, get louder than the voice of their own. Let human reasoning bow before the throne right now in the name of Jesus. Let human knowledge fall before the blood of Jesus. God, we ask you for an impartation of wisdom and revelation tonight, God. I ask that the swords, God, come out of my mouth from your mouth, Father, and they penetrate hearts in this room of wisdom and revelation, Father, from you, God. Let there be clarity where there was no clarity, God. Father, we hand it to you, God. Have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in your name. Amen. 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 Surprise. <laughs> Welcome to Abide. Spiritual warfare training. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to do the intro. Well, let's go ahead and do it on camera. Um, I like sitting better. I hope that's okay. Is it okay with everybody if I'm sitting? Yep. <clears throat> I actually feel like it's a little weird and intimidating, such a small room, to be on a stage and like going back and forth. I, I feel like it's odd. So to me, it's a little bit uh, better to be sitting. Um, <clears throat> okay, Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and like... What, point at you? <laughs> hey, tell me if this is good sound. Is this loud enough? Are we good back there? It's louder in here than it is on the film, that's why. It's yeah, good? You're good. Just let me know when you want me to run the video. Yeah, just go ahead and start it. When the light goes on, then I'll, I'll go the intro. The light goes on and you're live. Okay. The intro already went. Okay. Oh, the intro already went okay, when you do that? Okay. So you're playing the intro and then you turn that on. Then the intro's done. Got it. Okay. I'll let it just, I'll just wait until you do that. Okay. Okay, welcome to Abide. That is spiritual.
spiritual warfare training. So Abide is a five-session series. Each of the letters of Abide stand for a topic. So today we're going to be going over authority. And I kind of want to give just a little bit of background into what actually Abide is. So if you are familiar with uh, my ministry, whether people in here, people watching on camera, um, my background is, is that I started with an inner healing women's ministry, living in freedom and staying in freedom. Those are both two different curriculums. They are walking through inner healing, not necessarily dealing with major stuff when it comes to spiritual warfare. For a lot of people watching this, you know, whether here or whatnot, don't really know my background. I'm not going to give a ton into... Like, I'm going to just throw some stuff out there with my testimony so people understand why I'm even doing this. And people would wonder what the heck is a woman in her 30s want to go out and kill the devil. And I do. That's all I ever want to do. And there's a reason why. There's a purpose why I choose these topics. Um, so a little bit about my background. I was raised by a Reformed Baptist pastor. My mom committed suicide when I was seven years old. She was extremely tormented emotionally and mentally. Now, I was raised in a church where it was not talked about. Spiritual warfare was not a topic at all. And honestly, I don't know if there's a lot of churches where I would say it is a big topic. Do I think it needs to be a big topic? No. I think it needs to be presented a certain way. What was not presented to me was that there was even a devil or demons. All that was presented to me that was everything was the will of God. So when my mom became, um, you know, she got harassed. She was you know, diagnosed schizophrenic, hearing voices. She was went into severe, deep depression six months before she committed suicide. At this time, my dad was pastoring a church. Now, they thought it was schizophrenia. I actually have her journal that I was just looking at last week, and she is actually talking to what would appear to be demons. And nobody ever saw anything with that, thought anything about it. At the same time, she's also quoting scripture. This woman was, uh, she had a background that she was not raised in the church, but she got saved before she met my dad, came under this emotional torment, and Valentine's Day in 89, she ended up killing herself in Palace 40s. Two years after that, my sister got cancer. So then my sister had similar emotional things that my mom did. Me and my sister both went through crazy bipolar symptoms where we would slump, go down, suicidal depression, and that was through our teenage years. At the same time, my sister was being treated for cancer. So I was in the psych ward with my mom, went to treatment with my sister for cancer for 11 years. Uh, like four, I was 14 years old when I got addicted to drugs. I was... Crazy, 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 really bad into drug addiction in my high school years and then into my 20s. Me and my sister both were diagnosed, considered we have the symptoms of the bipolar. My sister died when I was 20 years old. So again, then I'm 20, I'm a drug addict. I'm on antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, antidepressants, sleeping pills. I, have, I am a pharmacist. I really am. I literally know every medication. I was put on them. My sister was put on them. My mom was put on them. All during this time, nobody ever talked to me about deliverance, spiritual warfare, anything like that. Everything was the will of God. So I came into this understanding of everything that was happening to me and everything that I was seeing was that God just had a bigger story. He had a bigger picture for my life. And, you know, I, would, I really focused on, like, the book of Job. So I just believed in the suffering. And you deal with the suffering. You endure and you get through. You get through. After my sister died, man, I had so much anger towards God because being raised in the church with a pastor, being told... And this is doctrine. I'm not saying this was like my dad's telling me. I'm just saying doctrinally, stuff is like 
when, when we focus so much on God, 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 everything is God, what happens is a, is a distortion to his character. Does it mean that we go devil, devil, devil? No. We just know that there is another player in the game. And the way that he works is very, very tricky. And so a lot of people will hear, like, my story and be like, that is so in your face. Like, that is so in your face trauma. And obviously, like, whatever, spiritual warfare, demonic. When I actually teach on these topics, like abide, I'm not teaching on the big stuff. Because what happens is the big stuff comes from the small stuff. Because it all starts with a seed. It all starts with deception. It all starts with the very, very small things within the character of God and who God is that gets twisted that when you do endure death, you get a crippled mindset of what death looks like. So I'm not here teaching that, hey, there's a demon on your whoever because they have cancer. Now, some people do, and that's okay. That's not where I'm called to go after. It's not that I say that it's not a demon or that I do say it is a demon. I want to teach how people can see things differently. I want to teach how you shift your mind in your day-to-day -day life, how you see things from a different perspective, the perspective of the wisdom of God. How do you see through? How do you have the ability, the divine ability to see through something? Um, because what happened is that when I went through trauma, when I went and saw these things in my life, I got so twisted in my mind of who God was. And all that would happen was swords and hit me harder and harder and harder. The deliverance of the bipolar symptoms, let me just tell you about that. I was never bipolar, but I had symptoms like I was. If I had gone to a psychiatrist, I had, I had the mania. I would stay up for days at a time. I had the book, the scientific way to explain what bipolar is. Like I literally did those things, but as I w walked into truth, when I ended up in Bible school, when I ended up getting set free of things, all of a sudden my mind started to be set free. Was this immediate? No. This was over like years of walking through stuff. And so when I come to like mental illness, it comes to mindsets, it comes to depression, anxiety, insomnia, whatever it is. It's not that I believe nobody should be on medication. I believe that there's a way out. I believe there's an ability to get free of these things. There's a way that you can live to get free of the stuff that cripples us every day and some people live in very very mind crippling things where where they are they, they can be bound by hopelessness bound by fear bound by anxiety and then you have somebody over here they're like no I'm pretty good like I feel like my life is pretty good but if the rug got pulled out from under you where does your mind go right. then we can address your mind there right. because everybody's okay until something shifts in the natural yeah. everybody's okay until the blessings of the natural are gone what is it to live where we live in a place that the spiritual blessings are always the natural foundation that we live on? Amen. That there is no rug. Because where does the rug come from? The rug comes from the natural. The rug comes from where your eyes are set upon, where you don't see through. You see this, right? So, okay, well, I was, I'm going to like intertwine this. Abide. The purpose of abide. The spiritual warfare training of abide is not to go at it the way that I know other deliverance ministries go after deliverance and talking about um, the demonic, the spirit, the spirit realm. Because I believe that there's truth and power to know those things. But if you are not firmly found in the love of God, if you are not firmly found to see his eyes in suffering, then why are we worried about getting the demon to go? Because it will just come back. The demons are attached to death. What is death? The removal of Jesus. What removes Jesus? A mindset that doesn't see him. 
A mindset that doesn't acknowledge him. What's that mind? A spirit of fear. When somebody feels the rug's pulled out from under them, they go into a place of anxiety and fear. What happened? Jesus was moved from their soul, from their belief systems, the way they see, the way that they live. All of that, all of that stuff, we get shifted into the understanding that we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. If we get shifted into the revelation where you live in the mind of Christ, deliverance is never needed. It's never needed. We don't need deliverance ministries. They have to get through all the open doors to get somebody free. Because there was no open doors. There would be no open doors. That's the way that I believe that the apostles lived. That's the way I believe that they lived back then. There's a shifting that has happened in the world today and in the church today that we just don't acknowledge things. We blame everything on God, or we blame it on man. And yet we're all wrapped up in all these things, not realizing that the firm foundation is what's in the spirit that's unmoving and unchanging, the spiritual blessings of Christ. I believe abide, the purpose of this training is to get people's eyes all of a sudden able to see through that the only thing that they see is Jesus. It's an encountering of his power. But you want to know something? The only reason and the only way that I've gotten to that any type of place in that has been through extreme, extreme suffering and extreme pain. And here's the thing. I don't want to be the person that's like, because I think some people may take that from, from some of the stuff that I may say that it's like your cross to bear type of a ministry. Here's the problem. Most of you are already bearing a cross, so I'm going to help you figure that out. A lot of people are already walking around bearing stuff. And it's that I believe that suffering, I believe pain, anything you endure, anything that you encounter has a life at the other end of it. Too many people spin in the suffering. And then too many people are preaching on just the blessings and the prosperity. And I have a hard time finding that preached over suffering in scripture. I find a lot of epistles written to persecution and pain and suffering and telling people to having the ability to endure. So my whole life, having pain after pain, then my sister dies, who was my best friend. I was her caregiver in the hospital up to her death. Her being ripped from me was the biggest, biggest thing because I was so incredibly attached to her. And I absolutely didn't believe God would allow me to lose both my mom and my sister. So when she died, I went dark, became very, very angry at God. Um, and ended up multiple drug overdoses and all that stuff. I gave, started to give my life back to God in my 20s. I started to realize... That he was the only hope. I started having supernatural experiences with him, which is weird because I was in a home that that was not what was open or talked about. I started experiencing him. I want to talk about experiencing the Holy Spirit. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> I think a lot of people, we box him in, man, and he has messed me up. I am a train wreck under the Holy Spirit. Like an absolute mess. And here's my thing with this. I would love to get up at churches and yell at people about this so bad. I get sorry. I might have to get off my thing at the, uh, the chair at this part. <laughs> I was raised in such a conservative, like, you know, hymnals and choirs and all of this stuff. And so, so conservative on the, just, there was no movement, okay? Then I end up at Bible school at Rama. That's a completely charismatic opposite doctrinally from what I was, had been in. I am 
not here to present, it, ha I have, it has nothing to do with reform charismatic. I'm, that's not my thing. I'm not even trying to get into that at all. Here's my point, is that I was completely flipped out, first of all, by what people did. When people would fall out on the ground, people would run around, people would um, just do like crazy stuff in, 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 in the events. Here's my thing with it. It isn't even about that. Here's the problem. People walk into a charismatic meeting and they got a problem with the people moving around. I'm like, when people actually get open to being a train wreck under the Holy Spirit, it'll mess you up. It will mess you up. I mean, I have had to like, because, because of being raised with such a conservative thing and understanding the conservative mindset to where I was so annoyed by seeing people move under power, it was so not okay to me that when it started happening to me, and it happened to me when I was conservative, you start to get a little tripped out by God. You might start to realize that you boxed him in pretty well with your doctrine. And I started doing things where, you know, it would look as if I'm like manifesting a demon under the power of God. What's that? I don't know, but I can't explain it. I can't tell you, but it's not me. That'll mess someone up, but when they get delivered when I do it, then they might get open to what the Holy Spirit's doing. So he messes people up through it while he messes me up. It's been quite embarrassing. Seriously. I mean, some of you who know me personally, it's quite embarrassing. It's been an embarrassing journey because he almost was like, when are you going to let go of your dignity? My people are too dignified for me. The church is too dignified for me. Oh, the religious spirit just got uncomfortable. <laughs> what do you mean too dignified? It's true. And I honestly was the main person that was against it. That's why I have no problem yelling at people because I get it. I get it. I get pushed back because of my, my, my background, because of my, you know, my dad, my family. I'm not the most like... I'm, I have stepped into some things that would not be acceptable. And I go, but I don't know. It's not me. This isn't me, but guess what? I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. It's more exciting to look like a fool and be free than be bound and stuck where I was under torment and fear and cared what people thought about me. Cared so much what people thought about me. You aren't going to go where you're called to go if you care what people think about you. That's right. You got to get okay with those things. And that's some of the biggest things within the church. We're too worried. Too worried of offending people. I get so excited. I get to talk about John 6. That's where Jesus offended everybody. And I'm going to talk about that today. That's what I'm going to go into with the bite. I feel like it's going to be really good. I am getting started. So... Then I get, I'm going back, and I'm intertwining all of this. When I started to give my life back to God and stuff started happening to me, weird stuff started happening to me physically, I experienced some outer body type of things. But it was a sensation. It was an experience. It was the first time I remember asking God when I was 23 years old. I was laying in bed, and I said, I was reading Rick Warren's The Driven Purpose Life, okay? I didn't know if I was a Christian or not, but I finally was like, I need something, God. Like I was finally ready for something. And I remember I was in a certain chapter and I asked him if I'm a Christian. And like that, a ton of bricks, something of heat went through my entire body, blinded me. My heart started to pound and it got, and I started bawling my eyes and I felt I got lifted out of my body. Never in my life had I experienced something like that. I got my dad in his study studying for his sermon, you know, on Sunday. And I get out of my bed running to his room and I go, God's real, dad, God's real. 
He's real. Man, when you experience power, it'll trip you out. Never in my life had I had hope the way I had it that next day. I was such a broken mess. But to know that that God saw me just enough to give me some experience that wasn't natural, wasn't natural, to give me that. And any time I asked him after that, for a course of about six to eight months, he'd do it instantly. I had so many experiences like that, writing them down, I wrote them all down. Then all of a sudden in my journal, one of the days after all of these things, I'm writing all these experiences, I say I met the most amazing man. And that's when the devil came in to hook my life. And a guy came into my life and came and began to pursue me and swept me off my feet. And this guy was a demon possessed, like absolutely 100% hardcore demon possessed. And I had no experience with that. I didn't know what it was, but he had the ability to tap into things and would know stuff about me. So when I wanted to get free of him and it turned into stalking abuse, I, I spiraled on drugs with the guy. Um, and he came in like a knight in shining armor, was going to be a doctor, was all well. I mean, just it looked good. It was boxed in. He talked about Jesus. And all of a sudden, in eight months, that guy turned my life upside down. Now it turned into stalking. He would have dreams and know where I was hiding out. He was able to tap into voices. He would tell me it was God. I had no idea the spiritual warfare on my life. I had no idea. My eyes weren't open. I didn't get it. I didn't know this guy was so possessed by the demonic that there was an assignment through him to kill me. Mm -hmm. The assignment through him was to destroy me. And that guy ruined five years of my life in a very, very hardcore way. I mean, he sent me into a place where I did try to kill myself. I mean, he, it was absolutely horrible. I had to disappear the state in 2009 to get away from him. And this guy could know everything. He had a supernatural intelligence to something. So I was in contact. I'm not kidding you. FBI, like everything. Nobody could figure out how he could track me everywhere that I went. Still didn't understand the spiritual warfare aspect. So if you can understand, I got hit with a bat in my life of, under, of, of getting to a place to need to know why. Why, God? This isn't right. I'm being taught in a, in a pastor's house that Jesus died on the cross for my freedom. What is this? And there's a lot of people, you don't have experiences to that extent. But let me tell you, in the things that I've learned from my experiences, you will grab some hope. You will learn some stuff. Even if they aren't to the extent of what I've seen and what I've experienced, it has given me, through that pain, the ability to tap into some wisdom through God. And that is the purpose of suffering. It is okay to suffer. Do I think God was like, no, here's this really crappy life because I want you to carry with me? Absolutely not. No, I don't believe it was the design for my life. I don't believe if he was, to, you know, his perfect will. I believe it's just, it's stuff happens. It happens. And you also walk into traps. But in everything that I encountered, there was such a divine power of his presence. He chased me down. He pursued me. He made sure that I got to know the truth through it all. So that I'd be able to talk on these subjects. I actually thank God I encountered that man. I don't have regret over it. I learned so much through that. I was going to call him a name. <laughs> I'm a camera. <laughs> I'll stop myself. I totally was. Okay. <laughs> I learned so much from that experience. I got to really understand the scripture we don't fight against flesh and blood. What would even be the purpose? of carrying resentment towards that. There's no purpose. 
All that was would be the enemy using him to create a seed of bitterness rooted in me yes. by something that although appeared to be natural was not natural. It was supernatural. It was in the spirit realm. It was a sign through him. He was still a person. I have forgiven him now. I used to want him to die. It took me a really long time to get rid of that offense, that seed, that offense. And now when I look back, I want to tell people, when the enemy has assigned a person to you to take you down, you are not going after the person. Yeah. Get rid of that bitterness, that anger. Pray for him. Pray for him. They're just being used. And in a lot of ways, we all get used by the enemy. How do you get used? By how your mind goes into turmoil. When your mind spins, you get opened up to something, a voice the opposite of God. You can operate out of that very, very easily, and all of a sudden, you're the one being used. That's how abuse happens. It's how abuse happens in, in, in marriages. Because that person has an open door, that person has an open door, and they play off each other, and the enemy just plays a game. And that's all that's going on. Where is it? Why? Why are the open doors the brokenness of your past in your life? The fact that you haven't stepped into a place of Jesus in that area. You haven't stepped into the place where the spinning and the suffering and the pain of the things that you've seen and you've experienced produce such life and wisdom. It'll change everything about you. Everything about our lives and the way that we live can be shifted in the truth of this and the power that this really is. All your relationships can shift. Even the topic of deliverance doesn't need to be presented the same when we walk in the place where our minds don't spin because we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So then I end up in Bible school. A guy stalked me. I had to leave the state. I had to disappear. In that, I end up in Bible school at, through the deliverance. I was going to go for one year in North Carolina and come back. He didn't go away. So I end up just following this chick to Bible school. God totally opened the door, leads me there. I end up in a crazy, totally charismatic Bible school. It's totally Jesus taking me there because I was so uncomfortable. But they opened my eyes to spiritual warfare. Now, a lot of the stuff I teach on doesn't come from the, the school I went to. No, it comes from experience. It comes from pain. It comes from having to spoon feed the scripture to myself in the pain. You know? There's knowledge and there's revelation. <laughs> there's taking knowledge, there's taking experience and producing revelation. It's one thing when you're just full of head knowledge. It's not going to get you anywhere. But to be mouthy and probably argue with people. <laughs> a lot of people, you just need some power. When some power comes and hits you upside the head, all of a sudden stuff will shift. <laughs> I got to experience a lot of power in Bible school. I got super delivered of things. What it did was open my eyes. Oh my gosh, God's real. Then something right in my life is not right. I had to go figure it out for myself. That's what really happened. So because I got revelation in certain areas that this isn't the life that's okay, this is not okay what I've been going through, it made me pursue scripture to get the truth of it. But let me just tell you, I went from trial to trial to fire to fire. Mm -hmm. I did not go get delivered and go into the space where all of a sudden there was freedom for me. There was freedom. There was freedom, but there was a fire. Always in my life, there's been a fire. Mm -hmm. There's something so refining about the fire. The fire's the power. The refining's the power. I don't want to teach about the blessing. The blessing comes through the fire. Mm -hmm. The fullness of Christ comes through the fire. Mm -hmm. I want to teach a church, the church how to endure. How do we endure? Now I'm going to talk about abide. <laughs> because I just got it. Because one of the ways you translate in, um, abide, 
the Greek word is endure. So now I'm going into the curriculum. <laughs> I was in it. We're not going to try to figure this one all out. We're going we're gonna to pretend this is the first session of authority. It was already, already in there. So when I was like, okay, God's given me the word abide. It literally came to me instantly like a year and a half ago. And it was like that. Authority, battleground, identity, deliverance, enemies exposed. He instantly told me what this, this curriculum was going to be. It's very interesting that he chose the word abide. Because the last thing that I did two years ago was abide. <laughs> I did not abide in Jesus. I ran circles around this ministry. I had a lot of just like, I was getting to see power. I was getting to see people get delivered. And it was fun and it was good. But I was tormented like constantly. I had a really hard time getting into a quiet space with Jesus. So when he tells me you're going to teach spiritual warfare from a place of abide. I'm going to give you revelation on abide. What do you think happened in my life at that point? <laughs> that I went into the spa in the spirit room? <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> Sarah, you're going to abide in me. I'm going to take you into just this really restful place. You're going to learn spiritual warfare from the, the spa. No. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. The heat on my life got turned up hardcore 20 months ago. Everything, everything shifted in the opposite way of everything I thought was going to happen. And the torment in my mind could not get free because of the fears that I had in me all came up. They all came up. And they came to a space where I'm like, man, I've been tormented a lot. I've endured quite a bit. Jesus, I'm free. I'm not on any even medications. I sleep now. I don't do drugs. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Let's go. I can do abide. I can teach abide spiritual warfare. I know what this is. Like, no, let's increase the fire and really show. Let's, let's see how refined in your soul are you, Sarah. Where do you go when the fire gets turned up, Sarah? Where does the church go when the fire gets turned up? That's the biggest question in this room, even through this series. What happens to a person's soul and mind when the fire in the life gets turned up? Now, there's two things. You can go indoctrinated and twist the character of God. You can say, God did all this and get angry and offended. Or you can say, I'm going to let the devil be used as a chess piece so that I produce life and wisdom the same way Jesus Christ did. Amen. Satan was a chess piece. He came into Judas. Judas betrayed Jesus to release his own judgment. The devil released his own judgment. The revelation of that. The refining fire will release the judgment in the spirit realm on the devil when you allow it to refine in the fire. What happens when people walk into any fire in their life? You have those choices. Are you going to go into where you're indoctrinated that God did this to you? And run and get offended by him. Or do you allow the devil to be the chess piece of what he really is and allow him to produce his own judgment for your freedom? Because Jesus is coming back for a bride that's intimate. Mm -hmm. Too much of the church, we are not intimate with Jesus Christ. We don't know him. The refining fire, we spin. We spin in it. Jesus is coming for a church that can endure. So the word endure, well, in this text, I'm going to use a text. 
I used the Bible, so I forgot my Bible today. <laughs> That's the one thing I forgot. So we got a fake one up here. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not fake. But we're like, we need to make me look spiritual. <laughs> so, <laughs> it really did. But it's even got highlights.
comes from the enduring, comes from the fire. It's a shift of how you see those things. Because where do you go in the fire when you're under something? Do you go to the author and the finisher of your faith? Because a lot of times people aren't going to want to hear that God disciplines. And I'm not here to preach, what is it, hell, brim, and fire? <laughs> you know, preachers preach hell, brim, and fire. I was never going to be that person. Sometimes I kind of feel like I am a little bit. I do preach a little bit of like fire. but <laughs> Because I truly believe there's a shift in the mind that needs to happen. Wow. It's a shift in your mind. Because all of a sudden your hell becomes your biggest life. Your hell will become your biggest life when we get these eyes because the wisdom of God is the opposite of the wisdom of man. It's in 2 Corinthians 1. Sometimes I get it wrong if it's first. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 1 where he talks about the foolishness, the foolishness of the gospel, the foolishness of the message of the cross. It's the opposite of the wisdom of man. It's foolish to the man's mind. The wisdom of God's foolish. Life becomes death. Death becomes life. Paul says, Philippians 3, I want to experience, I want to suffer unto death so that I get to experience your life. I believe with everything in my heart that the truth of abiding, the truth of power, it comes from the refinement of life. It comes from the shift of perspective. It literally will bring freedom to every single area of your life. When you realize that your natural mind is backwards thinking to the wisdom of God, it'll mess you up. And it's scriptural. <laughs> it really is. I've done my work on this. <laughs> it's scriptural. It's just the way that we like to present it religiously, or let's just be real. It's backwards thinking. <laughs> Praying for your enemy. <laughs> That's backwards. <laughs> right? Being nice to somebody who could have forgiven maybe the murderer who killed your child. That's backwards thinking and that's heaven's wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's heaven's wisdom. So with that, those spiritual laws, those spiritual truths all over scripture, then I have to see that there's a thing that we can live in the mind of Christ that is a heightened level of wisdom and revelation. But if you look in scripture, the one that carried the most, what I believe, besides Jesus, because he didn't have to carry revelation, he was revelation, Amen. is Paul. Paul. Yet this man could endure, 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 and suffer, and suffer, and suffer, and this guy had a level of wisdom. He wrote the most spiritually mature books outside of revelations, was Paul. There's a level that he saw something different. He had the ability to see something different. I want those eyes. I want to see that way. I want stuff not to touch me. So he goes, as you endure, this is Hebrews, as you endure this divine discipline. Now, what does it mean to, to look at endurance and sufferings and fire as, as discipline? Does that get us all upset doctrinally that God's a bad God? Or is there a way to see discipline as love? It's not hurting you. It's power. Wow. It's power. The refinement is the bride to produce the bride. 
that Jesus is coming back for. That's a church that carries power. That's a church that walks around and sees people set free and delivered by their shadow. That's a church that carries power. That's a church that can sit and speak to somebody, not even have to pray for them and lay hands on them. They just get delivered because they're in the presence of Jesus Christ because you are his hands and his feet. You are his vessel. That's the bride that Jesus is coming back for. And what? We want like sugar-coated messages. We want what makes us feel good till Wednesday. I want to give you what makes you feel good till heaven. <laughs> yes. I want to give people power. I don't need to feel good till Wednesday and get pissed off on Thursday. <laughs> it's true. Amen. Okay. It's true. Uh, this divine discipline. Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate. You are not really his children. Since we, are, since we respected our earthly father who, who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? And then it goes on, it says, it will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. What are you producing? Are we still worried about producing our return from our tithe? You reap what you sow. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, sometimes. I want to go off it. That doesn't need to be the message that you get a return on your money, so give. Let me tell you, he gave his life, so give. I don't need to tell you what you get in return for giving. He gave it all for you to have life. Let's get the life. What is the life? Gosh, it's freedom. It's freedom. This world can't touch us. When everything goes, you're in the spirit. You came from the spirit. You are a spirit. You're more real. Your spirit's more real than anything in here. Because everything else can be destroyed. Yeah. It will be consumed by fire when Jesus comes. It will be gone. What will be here? Your spirit. There's an ability to walk in the spirit today. There is. There's an ability to have that mind, that wisdom, that alignment that's aligned with the spirit. What do we got to get to? We got to get to what spins. We got to get to what spins the soul, what spins the man, what spins the natural, what spins the sin. What spins the sin conscious? Because that's not God. He, can't, he doesn't see that. I actually believe there are times that you will go into confessing your sin before God. You are no longer talking to him. You are just talking to hell. He's like, it's done. Right. It's done. Enter into the throne room. <laughs> The removal of the guilt, of the shame of the old man. That's the power. But man, to get there, there's one thing to get a fiery 40-minute message, and it's another thing to walk out and how do we grab hold of the bread of life, not the manna, the bread of life. There's power in this. Let the fire refine you. What would it be to say a prayer, God, light me on fire however much you want. Heighten the flame in my life so that I walk in what you promise in this word. Mm -hmm. 
I think a lot of people actually open scripture, they choose their promises, and they say, I want that, I'm going to confess that every day. I'm going to confess it because if I confess it, I'm going to shift my faith, and my faith is then going to receive it. What if God says, yeah, confess it, it's yours, but let me spin and let you know, unleash a fire in you so you're so refined to receive all the blessings in the spirit realm. You're firmly found and rooted. The blessings won't break you. A lot of people can't carry the power because it will crush you. God doesn't want to crush his church. He wants you firmly found to carry him so that when he does flow through you, you identify it. You know who it's him. So that word in the Greek, the muno, M-U-N-O, that's the word abide. It's translated all over scripture. And being one that adds the under. It's translated remain, tarry, continue. It's used in all different contexts, which I know the Holy Spirit is actually giving me through this. It's crazy. I know that this is going to weave the word through it. Abide is. Because as I was getting the scriptures and seeing how it's differently translated in these scriptures, there is some power in this word. There's some power in this word abide. There's some truth beyond what we think and what we box into John 15, abiding in the vine. Yeah, I know I'm going to get pruned, Jesus. I'm going to get pruned. Abide. God's a, God's a vine dresser. <laughs> it's okay. You can come cut my fruit. I've had a really hard season where my fruit got cut. Ever hear this? You know? <laughs> you know? You know? You know? You know? You're like, I'm going to have some of my fruit cut off me because it's bad fruit. Then I'm going to get good fruit. What if you get thrown into a fire? <laughs> what if all your branches get burned off you and you get a new tree? <laughs> Is that okay? What if your root system was so corrupt, he's like, I want to build you up as a seed brand new. What is that going to take? What's that going to take? Oh, it's a shift of the love of God. His love's wisdom. It's power for your life. It's a new way of living. It's outside the box and you're going to offend people and people won't like you. That's okay. It's okay. The way you live, the way you see, the way that you are, some people will love and be attracted. You'll be the only truth that they ever heard. The only freedom they ever got. And just because that person over there might have an issue with it, we don't need to live our lives boxed in by people. We get boxed in by Jesus. The freedom of that. So as I feel at this shift of, you're going to teach spiritual worker training, Sarah, from a completely different way because I'm going to bring you in the back door of churches with a bat. <laughs> I feel like that's the word spoken over me. I'm dead serious from Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to get in the back door of churches Whoa. to present this message to hit them with a bat. Because <laughs> here's the thing. This stuff's scriptural. And this is the way to live in freedom through the abiding in the sun. We don't got to deal with the demons any longer. Yeah. We don't got to deal with them. But I still am going to talk about them because too many people don't acknowledge them at all. They don't get talked about at all. And because there's no knowledge of them, there's such a blinding on people that they have no idea that this over here is the enemy. They have no idea what is actually happening to them. So the purpose of this 
authority than battlefield. Battlefield touched on these little open doors. How do demons get in? How do they work? But not focusing on the spirit of a demon. I'm talking about how do we walk in deception versus truth. That's really what it is. Right. When I would talk about the message of authority, for example... I mean, it was all doctrine, and it's a big and big deal to understand the doctrine behind the authority that you carry in the church by Jesus Christ. What do you what do you walk in through the blood of Jesus? But you know what? The doctrine of the authority of Jesus Christ that you live in as a church will only get you so far if you lack the revelation of the other stuff. And so, when God gave me the the message that I felt that He was saying, "You're going to teach authority this way," it all had to do with intimacy. It all had to do with right. obedience, and it had to do with sacrifice. It had to look at these ways in our lives, these things that can be the fire. Where does it take you? Where does obedience take you? Where does the way that you're living take you? Because that's the place, that's the space, that is where, when you see what Jesus walked in, and you see who he was, you see the way he lived his life, that we're called in the church to live. It's a laying down. It's a laying down. But if we don't know the one that we're laying our life down for, then it will feel like pain. It'll feel like breaking and crippling because you get mad why he would call you to lay it down. When you know the love beyond understanding that you can't comprehend, you will drop your life in front of him before anyone else, before your husband, before your wife. You'll lay it down for him. It's a love you can't comprehend, and it's not comparable to a person that you've ever experienced love from. We define God's love through people all the time because it's the only love you've experienced. So when you've only experienced a certain type of love in the natural, when you're told God loves you, you align it with the natural. And this is a, this is a love that is incomprehensible. It comes from a fire. I don't think I'd ever understand God loved me if I didn't have pain. I don't think I'd understand it. Desperation leads to needing to know a love that this world can't manifest. Desperation leads to it. It's a love you can't comprehend. It's a love that you'll lay down for. It's a love you'll let go of everything for. It's a love you'll walk out of here and not care what you saw, what you experienced today, because that love's greater than whatever happened to you, whatever loss you've had. It's a shifting when you live under that place. And so get driven to the space of intimacy and abiding. I can't comprehend. I couldn't comprehend in my life. I didn't even know. How would I teach on something? God, I don't know how to abide in you, but I do know spiritual warfare. So the fire had turned up in my life to get me to a space where I had to get slammed into the arms and figure out who was the God I was serving. I had to figure him out. Meaning I had to get to a place where there was no crutch, there was no vice, there was nothing for me to stand on any longer. But him. That's the place where the intimacy gets, happens in somebody's soul and in their mind because they get shoved into the fire or they have an experience in their life where they, they just want to have more. In that space, in the place of the abiding, is where the things will come up. Stuff gets starts coming up in you. That's where I'm going to go with battlefields. I feel like I'm going to close this down. And into the battlefield is where the stuff comes up into the abiding. In the abiding is the things that you have to uproot in your life and acknowledge and understand the playing fields in your life and how the enemy works on those things to keep you from the space of the abiding. 
the space of the enduring, the space where there's a rest in the pain. So I'm going to shut this down. We'll say this was session one. <laughs> I'm going to close it down in prayer. And we're going to do the next session, Battlefields, and believe. Um, so God, I just thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for everything I believe, God, that you're imparting, Lord, into us, Father, that we get lifted into a place of understanding wisdom, God. I pray that the church operates in a place of wisdom, God, that we operate in a place of what it is to abide in you, Father, abiding in your Son, God, to have your eyes, to have your wisdom, to have your revelation, Father. We want that from you tonight, God. I ask that on this video there's an impartation, Father, of the truth of the abiding in the fire, abiding, God, in you, to get to know you, Father, in levels that they've never known you before. And I just release right now in the name of Jesus that eyes get open to walk in that place, God. The level of intimacy of knowing you in a way that they've never known you before, God, it releases such a rest and peace that there's no fire that can touch them, God. It just refines to pure gold, God, through your presence, Lord. Father, I ask that over everybody's minds in this room, over everybody's minds on this camera, God. Have your way, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do Battlefield next, the next session.